Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, welcome back to the Outdoor Drive Podcast. Steven, are you there? I'm here, brother. What episode are we on? Oh, that's a good question. I believe this is 105. 105? Is like 105 in Park? Or is that 106 in Park? That's 106. All right, well, I tried. So <laughs> episode 105, man, back. This is your boy, East Coast Trev, and always joined by our good friend. This is Steve. Just Steve, man. Just hanging it out. Always kicking it, dude. Yeah, just How was your week? Time. How was your weekend, buddy? I saw a little tidbits of some of the cool things coming out from down there in Virginia. Uh, we're just, you know, we're prepping. Opening day is uh, coming upon us when this drops. It'll be two days away. So getting some stuff done, getting some practice in. Played with the camera quite a little bit while we were doing it, you know, and had some uh, some fun with it just on a whim. So yeah. we'll drop a new little, just a, a, a teaser for the season type video. You know, cool. Some, some in, inspirational, motivational, we'll call it. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's really important. So so you guys come in October 1st? Uh, October, I got to look at the date. It's the oh, first geez. Saturday in October here. They're, okay, so that's how little, that runs. Yeah, so October 2nd here. Okay, so it runs, that's how you normally open up. Yeah, it's always the first weekend in October. Mm-hmm. So for us, it's normally September 15th. And so we have that date. That's always that date, no matter what, unless it comes on a Sunday, they open for private land. And then the 16th would go to, to going on to gotcha. the regular open season. So that's exciting, man. I, I'm super pumped. Tons of really good things. Got some pictures of a really good buck. Finally, man, I having those cameras out there and, and, and seeing that definitely kind of gets you kind of going, you know, it was a, I knew there was a good buck in there. It was a buck that I told a story about, I believe here, um, on the drive, uh, last year, something had happened and I had gone into some public about noontime and I was halfway up and I go to put in my, right. um, do you remember? I went yep. to put my platform up on and, and then I got busted by a real good buck. Yep. Well, I knew he was in there. I set my camera, haven't been in there hunting. And the other day he showed up on camera. So nice. we got a little bit of inventory on him. What's going on? Me and Steve Mardick, the manager, started going back and forth on some cool stuff and hopefully going to try and kill him. And he, uh, hopefully he's dead by the time that this podcast comes out. So I'm going to try and hunt him yesterday um, in podcast land. So we'll see what happens. But uh so, I don't know, man. Kind of looking forward to it. I'm curious. We've had this real cold weather come in. I'm well, for yeah, October. You know, we haven't had these kind of cold temperatures. Usually mm. 95. 
So did that buck start showing up when that temperature started dropping? Just curious. So, so no, actually, uh, yes and no, right? So the the pressure had changed, yes. Um, it also was a wind change, a big wind change. Okay. Um, so we had the front came through, pressure changed, and then the wind ended up changing, and then he ended up moving in. I think, honestly, in my opinion, and, and in talking with Steve, that he had been coming through. He just didn't come through on that path right. until that wind was that direction because so it hadn't been that he direction. He had to make that, that adjustment to get into the wind right. Correct. So, yeah, so I, and that makes sense. It, it is what it is. The problem being is that where he showed up on that camera, it's a tough area to hang. Definitely going to need a saddle to get in on him, um, but he may not show up where I'm going to be hunting or try to hunt him um, on the food source. Look, it's like an oak ridge, you know what I'm gotcha. saying? He's he where I have the cameras down in a pinch point on a swamp. So it's kind of tough to I can't really get down there to hunt. So he date he he was there at last light. I hopefully he can show up just like maybe 50, 60 yards a little bit higher up a hill, but hopefully it doesn't take him too much time to get up there. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we're on that verge of right. where he needs to be in the time they're supposed to be. Hey. You know what? He's on camera, man. He's got a little bit of time to live, so I hope he enjoys it. That's my <laughs> personal opinion. Uh, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that That's the kind of to full-on faith and trust in what you're doing. You know, you, if you don't have that positive mentality, you're going to get this done. Man, that's half the battle. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, man, a lot of it was that I knew he was in there. And there was a lot of small bucks and all I needed was that reinsurance that he was still there. Right. So if I don't kill him now, I'm going to kill him before I leave for Ohio. Like I know he's there. I'm going to figure him out. Come win, lose or draw. I'm going to find him. You know, I mean, that's just my opinion. And and that's my focus buck for the year. That's the one I want. I want to, I want a deer over 125 on public land. Um, and I want it before I leave for Ohio. That's my, that's my goal. So, right. Well, at this point, if it's got a decent rack, you know, doesn't have spots, has horns. Yeah. It, it's pretty much going to drop here in Virginia this year. Um, going for the meat this year, loading it up, save the trophy mm -hmm. stuff for Ohio. Granted, if I can get on a bigger deer, that's the plan. But, you know, if all I get is another basket rack that comes through, that basket rack's uh, going in the freezer. Yeah, so, man. You know, it's kind of – so it's crazy is that I got to spend some time with Caddy Cowboy yesterday. Uh, you, uh, I mean, a lot of you guys might shoot, know. didn't you? So we got to shoot for the, um, Rhode Island, um, the Rhode Island state troopers association, which is their union. Um, they do something for special Olympics. So I got invited out there by caddy cowboy and, um, we got to talking a lot. He's like that older brother that I really don't want to have, but I have anyways. He's <laughs> just like, you know, like bust your balls and kind of like pushes you to that next level. So we got to talking about a ton of stuff. And one of the things that we talked about was, you know, how everybody is like, you know, shoot what you want and always has that like drive to do such a thing. Like, you know, if, if somebody wants to shoot a four corn, let them shoot a four corn. If somebody wants to shoot a 200 inch, let them shoot a 200 inch. And all these inspirational influencers, right? They right. always are like, like, go ahead and do this or go ahead and do that. But have you ever scrolled through any of their pictures and seen them with a four corn? Nope. Nope. Have you ever seen him with a spike horn? Oh, definitely not. 
No. And button so, locks are always by accident. So this is my thing, man. And if I can do what I what I want to do in the time that I want to do it, I'm going to pick one of the small deer that I have on camera, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to target that deer. So if whether it's a fork horn or a spike horn, I haven't decided yet. I'm going to figure out one deer. If I can kill this one deer, I want to kill this deer because it's, it's a goal that I set for myself already, this, this, this big eight-pointer or nine-pointer, whatever he is. I want to kill that deer because I have a little bit of history of him. After he's done, I want to set out and I want to pick one deer. I'll show everybody the trail cam pictures on social media. And I want to shoot that, whatever that four corn, that spike horn, that little six pointer, whatever it is, I'm going to set out to shoot that deer. Like I'm going to pick him out on camera. I'm going to figure out his wind. I'm going to figure out his bed and I'm going to kill that deer. Um, and just to prove a point that like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's okay to set out and go and shoot something that's small because it's what makes you happy, man. Because I get just as happy shooting a doe. You all know this as shooting a doe as I do a big deer. And, and, and that's something that we learn in this podcast too, that there's other people out there that are like that, that shoot big deer and they still like shooting little deer, but I want to set out that goal to shoot a small deer, like pick a small deer and go and shoot it. Just because a lot of people don't do that, man. You know, like we say all the time, like shoot what makes you happy. But then we're out trying to shoot big deer, right? You kind of get yourselves kind of <laughs> well, torn away on it. The way I look at it is I'm going to go after whatever presents itself in the area mm -hmm. at the time. Big, little, small, doe, button buck. Mm -hmm. Well, I take that. I'm going to try to avoid the button bucks. I'm going to put that right here. No button does. You know, no, no button does. Yeah. Um, preferably four corner better where I'm hunting. Yeah. That is difficult to even come across so if that happens great if not you know i'll shoot what comes around just because that's what i have to hunt where i'm hunting in this particular location and frankly i don't care what anyone thinks that's filling my free i'm eating it i'm the one doing the work on it putting in the time on it i don't need your opinion if you don't like it go listen to someone else hey I got. I do have a really cool thing and something else that we had talked about over the weekend, man. What do you think of doing like a squirrel competition or a turkey competition of some sort? So Steve Ranella started doing a thing that a lot of other people started doing, and that was um, measuring the turkey overall length. Oh yeah, hunting public from head was to all the, over that. Yeah, the long yeah. bird thing and all of that. Yeah, I want to do that with like a squirrel. <laughs> have like a squirrel competition, squirrel the longest weight. squirrel. Squirrel weight. How heavy what is, is your what squirrel? Is, how heavy is your squirrel or how long is your squirrel? So the longest squirrel, like, so we'd, we'll come up with our own mathematical well, <laughs> equation, like, like length times width, right? So we'll do like a, a longest squirrel from tip of nose to end of tail and then your girth on your, on your thing. But we'll have two categories because I know what happened to have in the Midwest and I know what we have out here in the East. We have the great, we have the gray squirrels. They have them stupid red Fox squirrels, whatever them things are. Them things are from a whole nother country, but, um, <laughs> Well, it's, I, I think we should we do would something have to like dig that. into something like that, because by that you'd have to end up going into subspecies and things because, you know, yeah, we'll have some red squirrels and black squirrels down here. You know, <laughs> yeah, we got those two. We, we got this, those black squirrels <laughs> and they'll measure different than a gray squirrel and right. they'll measure different than a red squirrel or a white. Yeah, yeah I so think that we should come up with categorized. 
we're going to come up with this. I, if anybody has any ideas, we're going to get this thing going because small game season is right around the corner. Let's let's think of this, dude. Let's get something good going. So send us some messages. Definitely want to get on with total. This. Total taken. Total taken the most. So we'll keep a running tally. Running tally or total weight weekly? or, you know, whatever. I don't know. Send us some ideas. Let's think about this, dude. I'd love to have a small game competition of some sort. We always talk bow hunting and deer, but let, let's do some different stuff, man. I'm, I'm into this. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of this is it doesn't matter what we're doing. We can talk about it. <laughs> that's right. We can. And, and that's we a are. significant part of the culture that one that I've seen has really disappeared. You know, it mm-hmm. used to be in every old timer you talk to. What's the first thing they tell you is I grew up hunting squirrels and rabbits squirrels. with my dad out in the woods. Mm-hmm. And that was used to be how you taught your kids how to deer hunt. Take your bucket out in the woods, set them on the ground and make them sit there with a 22 or a 410 and wait the squirrels right. out and then pick them off and learn that patience before you put them in the deer woods. So when they get to the deer woods, they know how to sit still. They know that if I'm fidgety, them squirrels ain't coming out. Right. You know, and I, I really think that's part of the uh, the outdoor lifestyle that is being forgotten. I mean, you think about it today. What do you think the percentage is of outdoorsmen that have never eaten a rabbit or a squirrel? So so what what do you think about this, bro? You want to you want to spread this out big time. Right. So why don't we do this? We could have the, the, the squirrel competition here on the outdoor drive. Right. But what I'm going to personally do is we're going to set up an overall yearly competition of all the hunting podcasts and the most, the podcast with the most gray squirrels or the most squirrels wins. So I'll, I'm personally going to shout out and I'm going to challenge every single other hunting podcast to a squirrel hunting duel. Could be fun. What do you think? What do you think? (laughs) Well, the, the Are you key, in? I think it'd be fun. I'm all for it. The trick's going to be how many other people are going to commit to that because most other shows don't give a shit about it. Well, I'm going to call them out on it, and they have to. I hope you're right. But, yeah, well, I'm, that's a piece I'm going to get the, this thing going. I'm going to get this thing going. I don't care. I'll, go, I'll give up my deer season to go shoot squirrels. I don't care. <laughs> That's a lion. We know it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, man, why don't we get on with the show? Let's think about this. If guys, you know, you have ideas about this, this squirrel hunting competition. Let's, let's make this thing come to fruition. Honestly, I think, I think it will be a good thing. So, yeah, well, I, one, I I think we start with a poll and let's just find out how many people actually squirrel hunt still Mm -hmm. find out who squirrel hunts, find out who's interested in squirrel hunting. Mm hmm. And then most people don't know what to do with a squirrel after you get it. So anyone out there that has good recipes or plans or ideas, what do you do with that? What do you do with the hides? You know, let's bring that community of small game back into the the world. Yeah. I mean, it could be be a good thing. Let's do it. Let's think about it. Let's grow this thing. Let's do this. I'm in. I'm in. All right. You guys heard it here. Go shoot squirrels. Let's do it. Let's make a thing out of this. So... Um, let's get, let's get on with the partners. Let's, uh, let's thank those guys so we can get on. Definitely, man. Let her rip. All right. First off the official broadhead, since it's coming on bow season for a lot of people, new the Zeus broadheads, the Aries, the only official broadhead of the outdoor drive podcast, 
Also, Gator Outdoors, GatorOutdoors.com, outfitting the working class. Make sure to be the reason. Uh, outdoor Outdoor Drive, outdoor drive 25. 25. So save yourself 25%. Use promo code Outdoor Drive 25. Uh, Nor'easter game calls. Nor'easter game calls. Get them in close. Use those those grunt tubes when you need them, bro. It's coming up on that season. October's right around the corner. It's going to be grunt tube season. So get on over there. Order yours. Outdoor Drive Series over there on Nor'eastergameCalls.com. Um, Latitude Outdoors, the Method 2. If you guys have not gotten a two-panel saddle, you are missing out on life. Throw those single-panel saddles out the window. Get them up for sale and get on to the Method 2, period. There is no questions. It is a game changer. Um, also, out on the limb, MFG.com, Matt Garris over there making the custom camera arms, your platforms, which he has the um, the couple different ones over there. He's got the uh, XL um, in the Ridge Runner, the regular Ridge Runner, and the Podium. Uh, great, great. There's a rotten roost for them long day sits also. So go out, check those guys out. They, they support us. Let's support them. And uh, yeah, man. Definitely. Well, what do you think about uh, today's guest? It's definitely... It hits home for the everyday guy, in my opinion. And I, I'm real happy that he was agreeing to jump on here and tell us that story because you don't usually hear about these guys that are not well-known big deer killers. You know, they're most of the time this happens to the well-prepared. Mm-hmm. And this is a true story of the everyday guy, like to the T the weekend warrior, the guy that gets one or two days and just goes and makes it happen. And yeah, it's proof that, you know, I'd rather be lucky than good. In my opinion, it couldn't happen to a better guy. Agreed. I mean, you know, as far as he's humble, you know, he he's out there, he's doing it, he's grinding. Um, and, and he's out there having a good time and, and he's responsible on one of the things that we had a conversation at the end of it is, is he shot this buck with a crossbow. And the reason being is because he didn't have as much practice with a compound bow. And to me, that is incredible. Uh, he could have went out there with his bow and had a problem, you know? I mean, it's just, I think it's a great thing. The story is, is phenomenal. Um, it's, it's a must be heard when it comes to it. And, and like you said, man, it's a blue collared, hardworking dude that's out there doing it and making the best of it. So, and enjoys the outdoors. Yep. And that's what it's all about. You know, proving that you can do this no matter who you are. Mm-hmm. So, what do you say we just roll right over and kick this thing off? Uh, not so fast. Ooh, you're right. Because we would not know what's going on in the world. That's right. And there's some good stuff coming up in the world. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. So, let's go ahead and roll right into it. Bringing you the news for the cruise is our good buddy, Mike Salter. Take it away, Mike. Hey, everyone. We're going to kick this one off in Idaho. I'd like to thank Steve Mardick for sending this one along to me. Um, In Idaho, a hunter's remains were found after 53 years. Raymond Jones went missing on September 7th, 1968, while he was bow hunting mountain goats in central Idaho's Lemmy, Lemmy County. Last Friday, a hunter seeking a shortcut from one hunting area to another uh, stumbled upon the remains and contacted the sheriff's office immediately. 
The sheriff's deputies were actually able to locate part of Jones's wallet with his ID inside. Uh, so hats off to this hunter on being aware uh, and being able to bring closure to this family after 53 years. Now off to Oklahoma and more harvest records. I've talked a lot about it this year nationwide with uh, states seeing increased participation in harvest. Oklahoma saw record participation in harvest in 2021 with 126,000 deer being harvested, which topped the state's previous record by 6,000. So good news seeing these increases and hopefully that trend continues uh, this year. So now off to Montana where the Department of Fish, Wildlife and Parks has released a list of proposed changes to hunting regulations for 2022 and 2023. The proposed changes primarily focus on deer and elk. However, some regions have included regulations for other species. Some potential changes include reduction of the number of hunting districts and simplifying license structures. Some specific proposals include converting all antlerless elk permits to antlerless elk licenses in Region 1. And for this, preference points can be switched from permits to licenses, but will take a lot of outreach. Uh, Region 1 also proposes to remove the antlerless white-tailed deer opportunity during the last week of the general season in hunting districts where this occurs. The full list of draft regulations and, and options for submitting comments on the proposals can be found at fwp.mt.gov slash about fwp slash public dash comment dash opportunities slash hunting dash reg dash changes. Uh, the comment period is open until October 20th and Fish, Wildlife and Parks will then uh, revise the proposals and present them to the Fish and Wildlife Commission on December 14th. Uh, once the commission grants preliminary approval, they will do a 30-day public comment period as well, and the commission will adopt the final regs in early February. So a couple opportunities to comment on these proposed changes. So get out there and comment on them um, and make sure that your voices are heard. So now let's come back to Massachusetts, where surplus antlerless deer permits are available starting this week on a first-come, first-served basis. Uh, and zone 11 permits opened on Tuesday. Uh, zone 10 opened yesterday. And zones 9, 13, and 14 open today. So get those before they're gone. Uh, another opportunity for some harvest in Massachusetts. Lastly, another opportunity uh, to get youth hunters involved here in Connecticut. Belton Youth Hunting Day will be held on November 14th and will include uh, hunting pheasants over trained dogs and skeet shooting. The opportunity is available to junior hunters under 16 years old who have completed their hunter safety course. Uh, there will be two sessions at 8.30 and 11.30 a.m. And the location is Peach Farm Road in East Hampton, Connecticut. If you're interested in participating in this, you will need to reserve a spot and can access all that information uh, required and the contacts on Deep's Junior Hunting Training Day's website. So with that, uh, as always, thank you for you know sending in some news, some stuff trickling in here and there. Please keep it coming, uh, especially with the seasons rolling around and some of the changes that are going on. Uh, you can reach out to me at Mike Salter on Facebook or Bearded underscore Bowhunter21 on Instagram. And with that, enjoy the rest of your ride. Almost like us, man. Do not forget about the salty man, Mr. Mike Salter. Don't forget about him. Make sure to go on over and send him your news that's going around the world. Some good nitty-gritty coming on. So send him your news. 
Definitely. Uh, and and news, uh, Mike, news. Mike, I apologize for that. I almost let that one slip. So next time <laughs> you see Trev, you, you need to make sure that uh, you, you take care of him because he That's didn't right. forget you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love you, buddy. Well, man, what do you think, man? Let's get Billy on the line. Let's do it. Here we go. All right. We're back on the phone with Billy Johnson from Indiana. What's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you guys? Oh, hanging in there, man. We appreciate you taking the time to come and hang out with us hooligans over here on the Outdoor Drive. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. I'm excited. It's all to be good, man. I'm really looking forward to this story. When I kind of saw you on uh, TikTok, I was like, oh, man, we got to have him come and tell the story. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? We'll get the we'll turn the key. We'll get this thing on overdrive. Tell everyone who you are, where you're from and uh, and what you do. Um, so I'm originally from, uh, Michigan. I lived there for 35 years, always hunted public land, never had any, you know, if I take that back in high school, a uh, buddy of mine, Doug Thomas, he, he owned a farm, his dad and his parents did. And, uh, I'll never forget this. Uh, he pretty much taught me how to hunt is, you know, one of my buddies from high school, but, uh, I, I never forget walking behind him, going to the stand early in the morning, not dragging my feet. Oh, really? <laughs> he would just, he would turn around and be like, pick your feet up. Yeah, I'll never forget <laughs> that. That's, that's where my hunting started. My, my dad hunted, you know, he, he hunted deer and squirrels and rabbits and all that. But, um, so I'm originally from Michigan, moved around a bunch and moved to Arkansas. I was in Arkansas for two and a half years or so. And uh, didn't do too much hunting there because I didn't really know anybody. Then we moved to Indiana, and my cousin, Jeff, he's a big deer hunter. And he kind of, like, showed me some deer that he's killed and stuff. I'm like, dang, you know, I've never been into, like, shooting trophy deer or anything like that, like, scoring. I'm like, you know, Hoss, I, I, I wasn't even going to get him scored. My buddy's like, dude, you got to get him scored. And I'm like, I, I just wasn't into it. So now, like, I'm starting to get into it. I'm like, you know, after – killing him but uh so we've been in indiana for going on eight years i think but uh i'm married i got uh three kids two boys and a daughter my one middle boy he's in he's into hunting a little bit i took him out to bloomington where we hunt and down in uh it's they call it kind of southern indiana it's right on the border to where they start calling southern indiana Mm -hmm. but uh it was it was fun taking him, but, uh, my oldest, he's kind of in it. He's, he's into cars and stuff, but my youngest one, he, he's into it. So you're trying to pass the, the tradition on to the little I'm ones trying, man. Like my, my old man, he didn't take me hunting too much. He had mm-hmm. a crazy childhood growing up and my mom and dad, they got divorced and all that, but he was a big hunter. I remember going out and sitting in the car with my mom while my dad went hunting up North of Michigan, mm-hmm. It'd be, you know, snowing, freezing out, but, uh, yeah, so I just I I ended up right out of high school. Like I said, my buddy, you know, on the farm, he took me, and ever since I've been like, that's where I shot my first deer, uh, little six pointer. I still have the antlers and stuff, and just gradually, just like you, you never quit learning about this stuff. Like the hunt on the hoss, I learned so much about deer hunting. Like there's so much I don't know, <laughs> but it is like I learned a lot from that hunt. So, so where, what point in, in your life did you really kind of like click in your head that you wanted to be a deer hunter? Like that you were like really Ugh. into it, man. 
probably middle school when I started on the, on my buddy's farm. Mm-hmm. Like right when I turned 18, I got a tattoo of a buck on my arm. Like my buddies, they have, they're all tatted up and I'm like, I don't know, you know, I want a tattoo of something that I'm going to have, you know, that I'm going to like my whole life and love. I said, deer, whitetail. That's really the only passion I have is like, I'll hunt anything, but whitetails, like something about them. I, I love watching them, uh, hunting them, eating them, like everything about them. Just, I'm just fantasized by them. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Well, why don't we, they're awesome. why don't we just cut to the chase, man? Why don't you tell us a little bit about Hoss and what, how this all kind of came about, Ugh. where you saw him on camera, the things that have gone through your head. I mean, this is an incredible deer and yeah. I, I don't want to miss out on any of this. Okay. So I'm a, I'm a uh, field service rep for a manu- for a roofing manufacturer. So I do a lot of roof inspections and claims and stuff. So I'm in Southern Indiana and I had a claim on this, uh, on this house. So I'm up on the roof and there's woods everywhere. I'm like, man, this is nice. You know, I'm always combing properties. And oh yeah. I'd look down and I'm like, right in the backyard, there's a, a stand at the base of a tree. I'm like, that's weird. Cause this house, like I Googled it, it was like a $1.4 million house. The people um, that live there are older and not saying that they never hunt, but I'm like, these people, I don't think hunt. So that, I'm thinking, so, I was like, my first thought was, is someone sneaking back there and, you know, trying, you know, hunting. So when I got done with my inspection, I went down and I, and I was just joking with her. I'm like, you know, there's a tree stand back of your property right there. She goes, Oh yeah. Yeah. She's like, uh, we got a guy who comes like two hours from somewhere and he hunts and kills these dang deer for us so my i i perked up i'm like I, you know jokingly i'm like well if you ever need help or if he needs a hand you know getting rid of these deer let me know i said i'll come out and help she goes you could you could come out tonight and sit in the driveway and kill one <laughs> i'm like, <laughs> I love like it. are you serious i was like oh my goodness they go i said well if you're serious i said here's my card i she goes she said just call me before you come out and I'll let the other gentleman know, you know, so that you guys know, you know, who's going to be out hunting. And I'm like, done. Do that next September, like middle of September. I'm like, I'm going to be there October 1st, if that's okay. You know, I caused it. This is Billy, you know, the inspector. She's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just park, just park in the roundabout, and I'll let uh let the other gentleman know or whatever. And so this was four years ago. I've never seen that guy. Never. Hmm. I'm, I'm thinking he caught wind that another guy it's only 11 acres gotcha so i'm thinking that he's like no i'm not gonna probably go out there if there's gonna be another guy there i'd probably be the same way it's only 11 acres it's it's, suburbs southern india southern indiana you know big and you say he was coming from two hours away right yeah so it's a yeah yeah, it's a ways so so i travel a lot with work so it's hour and a half from my place Mm -hmm. but i'm always down there working so i can i can just pop in and hunt anytime but uh so was it 17 2017 is our first time out there me and my boy i took him out i set up a ground blind down by the garage and uh it was a rainy morning and he's like dad i gotta pee he's i think he was 10 I'm like all right i said well it just rained out i said you know the leaves have fell all that i was like We'll go up by the garage. You can take the leak and we'll go down and uh, we'll go see if we can stock one. <laughs> and it's, it's crazy. 
So we go take the leak, we go down. I'm like trying to, you know, there's some rubs on trees and stuff like that. I'm trying to explain to them. And then I seen these leaves where this little valley goes down and goes up. And then with that hillside by where that, uh, that stand was that guy had, I could see the leaves were ruffled up. I'm, you know, I was just, I was just bullshit. And I'm like, see those leaves. I said, there could be a deer up there. I said, that, you know, see how they look fresh. Like they're just moved. He's like, yeah, let's go up there. So we go up there. I'm showing them these rubs. I bet you we're, we're at the top. Once we peaked the top of that, that little hill, the crest of it, we are probably up there at least a minute. It, it seemed like forever, but I'm showing these rubs, trying to educate them on, you know, a white deer rub. And, and we just happened to look, and there was a nine point bedded down just staring at us. I'm like, OMG. I <laughs> totally just turned around, smoked it. He didn't even get up. And my boy just jumps up and goes, Dad, he's just static. So that was the first buck we killed on that property. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, what's the – I, I would have done anything to have a GoPro, you know, to film that. But mm-hmm. but then the next year I went out, went back, you know, killed a buck, same place. You know, but nothing, nothing like, like this, nothing like Hoss, but uh, they're probably 110, 120 inches, maybe 130 is the biggest one besides, you know, what I cost, but uh, same spot every year, right on that, right on that hill, right behind their house. I bet you it's literally 40, 50 yards off their back deck. What makes them want to be there? Wood. Is it just like, cause it's the higher ground? Is it cause the oaks or? Yeah. Oaks. I mean, mm-hmm. the, when I killed him, I think the week before I, I hunted, I, I, I shot a doe. Egg, acorns are just, I was, I was like, you know. But uh, for some reason up there, there's such a long story on this deer. Uh, so another guy was hunting this deer and has like thousands of pictures of him. And a contractor I know that – uh. I sent him pictures of the deer on my when I got him on trail cam. I only got like two or three pictures of him on trail camera. A lot of the other pictures that I've got were from the other hunter. Mm-hmm. But my buddy that I know that's a contractor, I sent him the picture after I shot him. And he's like, man, we think this might be the same deer that this other guy's hunting. I'm like, really? We're looking. We're like, ah, you know, there's no way there's two deer like this in the same vicinity within a mile, you know. So I got him on camera in 2020 on, well, I'll, I'll go back. Let's go back to when I first got him on camera. I brought my cousin out to go hunting. I'll get back. I kind of, I'm just chalking. So I think it's 2019. I took my cousin out to go hunting and he went down to the very edge of the property. And right before dark one night, it was during the rut, Hoss was chasing a doe came underneath a tree and he couldn't get it it was right before dark he's like i'm not gonna you know fling one chance something you know messing up something like that so i'm like i never messed with cameras or nothing i'm just i've always hunted public i went out i find sign you know rub scrapes whatever and i just throw up a tree stand and cross my fingers i mean i didn't i i'm not even that technical where i check the wind and i just go out and if it looks good i get up and you know cross my fingers that's just the way i've been but my cousin got, you know, had him run underneath him. I'm like, we need to put some cameras up on some of these massive rubs, you know. 
So in 2019, we put a camera up and then that's when that picture in one of the videos, that, that first one in 2019, when he's just got the few kickers, he's mm -hmm. got the split broad times. He came in like, like, you, you know, like clockwork, just right. Took the perfect picture. It's funny because right after that, I got that picture blown up of him. That's the trail cam picture and put it on my wall. Wow. Nice. And uh, my cousin's like, dude, that's the biggest buck I've seen on hoof. He's, he's 200 inches. Well, he was close probably back then. Well, he was probably 170, 180. I'm guessing. I don't even know about scoring deer until this guy. But uh, so my cousin, you know, said, yeah, you ran right to stick our cameras up. We got it in 2019 and we're, uh, we're looking at it. I think it was in December. I got him in 2019. And then when the next season goes by, when I looked for his sheds, I walked all over looking for sheds and stuff. I didn't find one shed out there. And uh, so the next season, it was, I said, I'm going to go in there early. I'm not going to go in there until October 1st. I'm not messing with anything, you know, just in case he's in there. I said, I'll stick my camera up October 1st. I'll start hunting October 14th or 13th. I checked my camera and I got hoss on camera on october 10th it was a night night photo and that's when he had all the junk to drop and i was what's crazy about that there's a story behind that too is when i checked my i was checking my camera that evening and sometimes when you check on your phone the full picture doesn't show up like if the deer's to the left of the frame right. of the picture yeah you just so i'm going through and i'm like shit nothing 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 i almost deleted the pictures I said, I'll just, you know, check them when I get home. So I, I walked to my truck that, that evening. I'm going through it and I, and I start. So you tilt your, your phone sideways, the full picture comes up. And I'm going through and going through. And I was like, holy. I was like, Hoss was on there. I said, it's got to be him. And this was, that was October 10th. So my buddy that's a contractor, he's a, he does the, I don't think it's on X hunt, but hunt wise where mm -hmm. they have the hunt cast. Yep. So I sent him that, that trail cam photo and he's like, dude, he's like this Friday, which was October 16th. He's like the, the hunt cast is like four out of five. Like it's awesome. You need to go hunt, hunt him. I was like, oh, all right. So I was like, I took Friday off of work and it was a, it was cold morning still no win and, and i'm still to this day i just i'm mad at myself for not being a better like video or i had a gopro i was gonna put a gopro on my on my stand and i tried it that morning and i'm messing with it you know it's i try to get out about 45 minutes to an hour before daylight so i'm, I'm sitting there messing with it and i'm like ah oh, screw it i couldn't get it to work because I don't use it that often. Yep. If I would have messed around, you know, if I'd have played with it a little more, I'd have probably got it to work. Every so first time filmer's it. problem. Oh, dude, I'm so mad. <laughs> Threw it in my seat. In my seat and I was just like, I could get my stuff. I want to get up there. So it was October 16th that morning. Dude, it was still, you could hear a squirrel fart. Like it was so still and it was cold. Like, I don't know what the temperature was. It probably 50s 60s so it gets daylight i didn't i think i seen one doe off 
to the west and then uh i think it was around eight o'clock i finally stood up to move around and stretched and i'm like just looking around so I, i'm i'm only in a 15 foot ladder stand between two trees right at the top of the hill right behind the house and then i got the hill and uh it was right i sat down it was probably after 10 minutes after I stretched and sat down, all of a sudden I just looked to my left because I had a tree to my left that blocks me. And that's where the deer comes up most of the time. And I look and I'm like, what the hell? This little six-pointer. He starts coming up, the one that's in the video. So I grab my phone. I'm like, ah, I'll video him. What the hell? So I'm videoing him. Then right out of the corner of my eye, Hoss was trailing him about 30 yards. The, all I could see was his right drop, drop time. And that's when I was just like, put my phone in. I just grabbed my phone. I had my crossbow hanging up right to my right. I put my phone, that's where you can hear my, my heart. I, I didn't hit stop or nothing. So I was, start, I was trying to watch him. I'm trying to grab my crossbow. And that, that six-pointer started walking, veering away from me. And there were still some leaves on the trees and stuff. And I'm like, Hoss started trailing him. And I'm like, he's going to follow that damn six-pointer away from me. So I finally got into position. And there's two trees probably. It was, when I yarded, yarded, it was probably 22 yards. I think I put between my 20 and my 30-yard pin when I shot at him. So he, he's trailing that six pointer. I can't even remember, like it happened so quick. It, it, it kind of bothers me because I didn't get time to, to watch him and see him, but I'm glad because I probably, he probably wouldn't be in my office right now, <laughs> but he, he walked right up behind some trees. Stop. They knew something was up, man. It was still no wind. They knew something. If you watch that video, watch that six pointer. They knew something was going on. And, and Hoss was smart. He was trailing. He was letting that six pointer go in front of him, like for a reason. A lot of times you you hear about the the smaller bucks and then the big bucks will come up following them because they're like, hold on, where is he going? Why is this why is this deer out of his bed going somewhere? And then them big bucks will come. Normally it's not that close though. Like you hear a lot of stories of guys with smaller bucks. And then, you know, like a lot of the guys that, you know, I've talked to in the past, they'll be like, all right, so if a smaller buck comes in and you're trying to shoot a mature buck, just let the small one pass because a lot of times the big buck will sit down of the little one and they'll say, okay, why is he out of his bed and where is he going and why is he trying to yeah. find my girls or whatever? So, right. Yep. So I, I don't know what went on that morning, man, but when Hoss came out and I seen the, you know, out the corner of my eye, it was, I was like, I won't say the words that you know was going i was like <laughs> you know i was like dude i was just i was like where the did they come from like mm -hmm. i was just combing that whole area because i you know i was combing you know just like dude they just appeared like that and i was like and uh so he's following that six pointer trailing at about 30 40 yards and then finally i was like I got to, I got to stop them right here. And it was two trees probably. If I went down and measure maybe 18 inches to where I shot where his vitals were. So I murped him, you know, and then, uh, put it right. This is another thing I learned is my shot placement has always been off. I always never really knew the front shoulder, that bone 
went on an angle and that's where the heart was. I always shot, I always got afraid I was going to hit their shoulder. So I'd always shoot a little back, you know, behind their shoulder. And at my angle, when I, when I shot him, he kicked like a mute, like I've never seen a deer kick. Like he kicked, I was like, I thought it was a done deal. I seen blood immediately right at the entry wound at the entry. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I called everybody. Dude. I'm just like, I shot Hoss. I shot Hoss. He's, he's done. And he's like, I thought for sure he went down in the, you know, down the hill and that's where I was going to find him. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to wait a little bit. So I went down probably 20, 30 minutes after I calmed down to check the arrow. And what was weird was the arrow. Usually when I shoot a deer there, the arrow will pass, the arrow will pass through and penetrate the ground and disappear. I can't find my arrow. Well, when I shot Hoss, excuse me, I was, uh, I go down there and I'm checking the arrow for blood. The arrow's just laying right on top of the ground. I'm like, so I didn't figure this out till the day after. I was up in the tree stand hunting the next day. And uh, I'm looking at the, at the tree where Hoss was, you know, behind him. Mm-hmm. There's a little white spot. I'm like, I put it in my binocs. And sure enough, that arrow blew through him and hit the tree. And that's why the, the arrow fell. Gotcha. So there was his like his guts and stuff and fat and fur was on the tree from when the arrow hit and hit the tree and it was stuck there. So so when you had so you shot him you got down you you went to the arrow and the the scene what did you see at, at impact there like was there blood on it was there you're saying that there yeah, were it guts was on it it was completely it, blood all over mm-hmm. so I'm like in the way. The, the shot I seen the entry. See, this is what, this is what happened. This happened to the, the, the buck I killed last the year before that my entries are good because of the way my stand is in the hill and the yeah, way the deer are. The exit comes out low. The exit comes up. out and they're plugging up with the fat. With yep. The, Been there. And that's yep. So two years in a row, I finally learned my lesson. I got to start aiming different, like higher. And so I learned that don't, Think about your entry. Your exit is the most important. That's and what I, I learned. That I was like, so, so with a compound, you worry about your entry, but with a rifle or right, is that Stephen? Oh no, I doesn't matter what I'm shooting. I've always worried about the exit. Okay. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Be, for the same and, scenario, I've had deer that you know, perfect, perfect double lung shot. You think, and it fills and piles up because that shot comes out so low. It doesn't leave a blood trail. Right. And then you may so find the, them two miles away. Yep. So the buck the year before, same thing, same spot, same stand. I shot him. He ran off. I tracked him, you know, like an hour and a half later, I go track him, start losing blood. Two days later, I end up finding him in the creek off on the, uh, to the neighboring property. And, uh, that's the same, that's the same direction, you know, where Hoss, Hoss ran, but the coyotes and the crows and birds already got to him. but that's where I've, I seen where my exit was low and it didn't phase me then, but now after it happened, you know, after I lost Hoss, I did a little research and I'm thinking like, that's exactly what had to have happened. So, is, so take us through this, man. I'm on pins and needles. So, so you, you went to the entry or the, I mean, where the arrow was that day. What, yep. how did, how did the night go on for you? Like what happened? So, like, 
<laughs> Take us through it. I want to know step by step. I mean, this is yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, that was so. So you've you've now at this point you've shot a deer that you know is over two hundred inches. Well, I I didn't know that, <laughs> but my cousin he's like that's right. a two hundred inch deer. Well, you know that it's a, a an absolute giant, right? Yeah. So at this point you know it is, and you get because I, I couldn't imagine, man. I I went through this in Ohio last year. I shot an absolute giant, got down there, and no blood, no arrow. And then go 20 yards and find the back of my arrow. So I know what you're going through. We've a lot of us hunters. Steven's been through this. A lot of other people have gone through this. But you've shot the biggest deer of your life, and something's gone wrong. Now what do you do? Yeah. So I get right when I shot him, I was like, he's dead. The entry, the blood. I immediately seen the blood, you know, right behind his shoulder where where the entry was. And uh, the way he kicked, I've never seen a deer kick like like a mule like he did. And uh, so I go down, I look at the arrow. I didn't know it hit the tree at the time, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait three hours. Everybody says three hours. I'll wait three hours. So I go to town, go get me a deer cart. <laughs> I was like, it's done. I went and got me a deer cart. I will never do that again. Went and got a deer cart, had lunch, calling everybody. So I get back to the to the property. It was uh, see, I shot eight. It's probably twelve thirty, no eleven thirty twelve, and uh, so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna just go track this thing. Got where the arrow was, started tracking. You know, the blood, little here, little there. I'm like, seen some good blood. I went probably hundred yards, walking around, and then I started noticing it. You know, it stopped and went, stopped and go. You know. Good blood, no blood, good blood, no blood. And that, that right there is when I should have went. But I kept tracking and looking and going around, you know. At, and I never even know, known about deer tracking dogs. Like, I've never had to use one. I've never shot a deer that was, you know, that was in, not the, like, I've shot a decent amount of deer, but I've always either found them like a day or two later. I've never lost one until this season. And Hoss was the first one that I lost. <laughs> and I'd find them 52 days later or whatever. But uh, so I'm I'm looking for blood, looking for blood. I'm texting my buddies. I'm like, man, I lost blood. I, I'm i like devastated. I'm like, I. he's like, so my one buddy that's another contractor from Kentucky, he's like, dude, you got to call a dog. I'm like, a dog? He's like, yeah, deer tracking dog. I'm like, he's like, here, I'll send you guys' name. So he sent me contact. So I call this dude and he's like, where you at? He's like, I'm down in, uh, you know, Northern Kentucky by Louisville or something. He said, he's like two hours away. And this was probably one thirty. So he's like, I'm like, how much you charge? You know, I need to I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, how much you could charge. He's like, I don't charge anything. I'm like, so, okay. So my one buddy, he says, he just takes tips or whatever. He's like, I got a new dog. I want to, you know, I want to get him on a, on a, on a deer. So I just do it for experience for him. And he's like, after work, he says, I'll head there. I think he got there like four or five o'clock gets the dog out. We start tracking. And he says, where have you been around? You know, walking around the woods. And he, first thing he said, he says, stay out of the woods. That's the first thing you do stay out. And I'm like, Oh shit. Well, I'm probably messed that up. Cause I, you know, I went tracking, looking and, so I learned a lesson there. I learned a lot of lessons on this deer, but uh, so I'm like, so we're tracking and tracking, and we went up this, you know, up this one hill, and 
nothing, no blood. And then finally found some blood again, right to where this, this field opens up. And it's the field that's in the video when I said, oh, is that him? And uh, it wasn't. And the dog, you know, he, he's, he's like, I think you single-lunged him. And I'm like, he's like, I think the deer's still alive, is what the deer tracker guy said. I was like, mm. I was like, okay. So <laughs> my buddies, well, quaint, buddy, acquaintance, whatever, through work, the roofers, uh, they're like, my son's right down the road. He'll come help you, you know, help you look for this deer or whatever. And I'm like, ah, I'll find him. Cause I, I knew there's a guy already hunting. I didn't want nobody knowing where I'm hunting because deer like that, people get weird and crazy oh, yeah. and they'll go in and try to get territory on you. So I'm like, I'll find this deer. I'm like, I don't need help. I said, I'm a, my cousin. My cousin came down the next day and helped me look a little bit. And he had to go do something with his daughter or whatever. But so the dog stopped, deer tracker went home. And I'm just like devastated, man. I'm like, I don't, I said, I, I'm going to go out the next day. I think I went out that next morning and I went and walked for probably half a day, looked and I wanted to hunt that evening. I'm like, oh, if he's alive, I doubt he's going to be back, but you know, that soon. But over, over the time I've walked miles, man, like miles, miles searching for the steer out in these, out in these hills. And then, uh, so such a long story. <laughs> We're gonna be on here for like two hours. <laughs> Go for it. So I'm searching and searching, nothing. So that 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 next day I hunted again. I think it was in the afternoon because I was worn out from the hills trying to find hoss. That's when I noticed the arrow in the tree, and I'm like, I hit the tree. That's what that was. That's why the arrow didn't go all the way down. So I'm hunting and hunting, and I'm just you know I just searched and searched and searched and nothing. And uh, what's crazy is I just moved into a newer subdivision and my neighbor had pro has permission to hunt properties around, around our neighborhood. He'd put a blind up right behind his house on the ground. It was November, I think almost a month to the day that I shot hoss. I think it was a month and one day. I think I killed this other. So I shot a buck, an eight pointer on November 17th, right in the, my right behind my buddy's house, my neighbor's house. And, uh, it was a nice eight pointer. So that's the buck I tagged because I didn't find hoss. So I, I, so I've got a, a buck that's tagged an eight pointer and Indiana is a one buck state. Right. So I'm like, okay. So I got, I got this buck. Cool. Finally, I got one. And then, uh, time goes on. So these, these people where, where I hunt, they hire out like their yard work and stuff to like a lawn, like a landscaping company. And they're always out there on the week of Saturdays. It's always a Saturday. And it bums me out because they don't leave until like two, three o'clock. So I can only hunt Saturday evenings because they're there in the property, moving leaves and trees and tractors. And so they were there at the house. Um, actually I'll, I'll step back again. I, uh, see how should i start this <laughs> so during during the hunting season i was preparing for a, a mini marathon to run like 13 miles with a buddy and he kept pounding me like dude you need to come run 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 you know i was like dude i was like i'm after this deer i need to find this deer hoss he might still be alive i want to kill him or find him so 
it was December, November, November. I think after, I think it might've been early November. I went out and re- overdid my running, hurt my feet. I think I might even slightly fractured the tops of them. I could barely walk. And on December 5th is when that marathon was supposed to be. So my wife's like almost two months after you've shot the deer. Yes. Yes. And then after miles and miles of pushing through and trying to, you know, find them. And so it's December 5th and my feet, you know, are hurt. I can't run. The marathon was that day. My wife's like, just go and walk it. You can walk it. I'm like, I'm not walking 13 miles. You know, my feet's going to end up hurting me. If I'm walking 13 miles, I'm doing it in the woods. Yeah. So, so my buddy, he's like, you want to go to Bloomington? I'm like, yeah, we can go. I said, my, you know, I said the wife's doing that mini marathon or whatever. And, uh, so we, I'm telling him on the way there, I'm like, all right. I said, dude, you're going to kill a deer. I said, they shouldn't have their landscapers there because it's December. They've already cleaned up the leaves and all this and that. And so we get there. We got there a little late that morning. It was probably 830. We're going to hunt all day. Guess who's in the driveway? Their work trucks. I'm like, you got (laughs) to be kidding me. I'm like, dude, I'm sorry, man. I'm like, I'm not guaranteeing them a deer and this and that. And. I'm like, I said, so let's, uh, I said, I could take you, let's go down and walk. I'll show you the property. I said, well, I think where Hoss went and where I, where I found my deer last year. And so we go down, we're walking down. It's probably about 10, 11 o'clock. We're walking down and hit the Creek and this field's probably six acre field. And then it turns it into Hills. And there's a creek that runs down it, and that's where I found my deer the year prior. And uh, we're walking that. I was in front of him, and I'm just looking out in the field to the right, and he's behind me. My buddy is about mm, 50 yards or so. And I just happened to glance to my right. I was like, damn, that looks like a rack. You know? I was like, that looks like a rack. And I'm like, so I start walking towards it. And it started to look more like a tree that had gotten, you know, messed up by animals or whatever, just twigs. And something told me to keep walking towards it. And, dude, I started walking towards it more. And that's when I seen it was Hoss, dude. And I was like, I was jumping in the air, running. And I'm like, I found Hoss. I found Hoss. And my buddy's like, dude. (laughs) We walk up go up to it and there he is he so when he when he died that field is tall like they call it crp yeah Mm -hmm. and then finally you know over time winter it it, had fallen down and there's some pine trees and some other straggling tree i don't know what the names of them were but he had went up and hunkered up underneath them and i never seen him and i walked i bet you i walked by him a handful of times within 20 to 30 yards from where he was. The only reason I found him is because the coyotes dragged him out into the open. So you can see where his fur fur was initially. And then about 
three or four yards away is out into the open and is, is where he was, where his rack was. And that's where I seen him and found him. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. And then in looking at him, I was, I feel bad because I was like, this thing's awesome. But I thought he was a lot bigger. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I said, like, I'm just glad I found him. Like I would, I didn't, I wasn't even going to score him until my buddy's like, dude, you got to get him scored. Like, 200 200's the like magic number like if you kill a deer that's over 200 that's something you know to be proud of and, you know it's it's crazy so i finally uh so i got him home i found him and i'm like i don't have a tag for him yeah so that i was, was just about to question. ask that yeah so so when you when you so what did you have to do at this you have him but you've already tagged so what yes what do you do so i was like i was freaked out that nobody would believe you know believe me and like that i killed them and stuff because i didn't have them on film i still get that on social media well we didn't see the kill shot you probably just found them and blah 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 i'm like dude i got whatever but my biggest thing was is like is the dnr gonna take him from me you know like because of the caliber of deer he is so i i waited for like i didn't know what to do i was like so i took him home had him in the garage i'm like what do i do i'm like i don't want the dnr to take him from me because i already tagged a deer so finally you know i was at, at perkins eating breakfast one morning and you're like i said i'm gonna get contact the local dnr officer i'm like i'm content i don't care if they take him they take him it is what it is i'm you know i'm telling the truth the whole story so i'm like i told him the whole story i sent him the, he's like send me pictures of the rack tell me what happened i sent him my youtube video <laughs> of, of it i'm like this is a story man i'm like i said i need it i need a salvage tag or whatever He's like, well, email me the picture of it or whatever. And he says, I'll look at it and then uh, I'll get back with you. And then he texts me. He's like, what's your email? So I emailed him. Within three minutes, I had a salvage tag awesome. with my name and everything. Oh, wow, that's it. amazing. He's like, awesome, dear man. Congrats. Glad you found him. He was awesome. I was like, yeah. That's so, incredible. So that's when I started looking for the uh, – for taxidermists and figuring out what I had because I had to buy it. He was expensive. Like you, at this point, you have to buy a replacement cape. You got to buy. Yeah. yeah. And I went out and uh, I bought that stand that I did. I redid that stand for him because I seen that on uh, on Facebook Marketplace. It was like an oak color. I sanded it all down. I'm like, this will be sweet. Putting some pictures in there and some you know mm -hmm. sheds and putting him on top. But uh. Yeah, so that's crazy, and and so the DNR was totally fine with it. You didn't have to worry about nothing. So now no, you can go on with your life person, and nothing, nothing. Just wow. Just emailed me a, a, a salvage tag. So so my thing is, has anybody come forth with sheds of this deer or anything? I know so, that the other guy had pictures of them and stuff, but so so the other guy that supposedly has been hunting him for. I think my that my buddy said that this guy's been hunting this deer for four years, three or four years. Mm -hmm. Supposedly he had a 200 acre lease somewhere around there. I Googled it that I couldn't find it. I'm like, where's 200 acres at around here? You know, where the mm -hmm. property is. I'm like, I couldn't find it, but supposedly he had like tons of pictures, which he sent some pictures to my buddy. And then my buddy would send them to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's him. I'm like, but they were like, they're wanting to come and help me look for him. And I'm like, Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. took the brakes on. I'm like, 
I'm like, I'll, I'll find this deer. You've been hunting this deer for four years. I'm sorry that I, you know, killed it. So on social media, I'm a social, I love putting like pictures and stuff mm-hmm. on social media. I put them on social media and this guy's, the guy that was hunting him, his buddies was bashing me like right away. Like you put a, you probably, that deer's probably got an arrow in his ass. He's probably four counties away. And do you, you need a range finder. I got one for sale. This is all, you know, all kinds of crap. Well, I get it. I, I, I would be hot too, you know, but I think mm-hmm. they're more mad that I didn't want to bring him to where I shot him and show him where he was. And I was like, no, nah, I'll find him. And, and I regret that because I would do anything to been able to find that deer that evening and, and to been able to hold him up and, and have a personal picture with him. But all I got's carcass, but like everybody says, man, everything happens for a reason. You got your deer, you're good. So I'm like, and it sounds like you learned a million and one lessons throughout this oh, whole entire dude. thing. Like, I learned a lot from that hunt. A lot, lot. Like I don't think you can quit learning about this sport. Like no. just just listening to social media and the guys and talking to you guys. It's like you you'll never quit learning about this. But it was it was insane. It's that's that's an incredible story. So so now now I know that you've kind of you've registered them with so with a crossbow. Dude, I I registered him. So the the guy that scored him, he's you know official score here in Indiana. He's like we're registering him with everything, dude. He's gonna be in the book for everything. Boone and Crockett, Hope and Young, or whatever. Uh, Bolton Quarrel. That's the one. That's the new crossbow uh score that's mm-hmm. so that that just came out in 2020 so he's actually as of right now as far as i know this is the world record crossbow uh buck you know record yeah. the guy before him was actually out of indiana he reached out to me on facebook and cred- congratulated me i was like that's awesome that's awesome his, his, he had a great deer his deer was like 190s and then you know hoss beat him just by a tad just so what did what did he gross at? Two Hoss grossed at two oh four and four eighths. So Buckmasters he's two oh six and something because Buckmasters mm-hmm. scores differently or something. Yeah, they all I have their even, own little thing. Yeah, I didn't even like study his score sheet or his G's or what is you know I was just yeah. like two oh four and four eighths. I love the simplicity of it. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. it's like so. The reasoning he scored so well is because he's so damn symmetrical. Like, mm-hmm. he was only – the deductions on him was only like an inch and five-eighths or wow. something crazy like that because his his drop tines are – like, everything's the same. You know, there's there's like an inch and something deductions on him. That's wow. – I think that's why a lot of people are like, that deer ain't 200 inches or I don't know. But, doesn't matter to me. I just, he's awesome. And he's in my, you know, and I've got him. So I think the most incredible part of it is the story that behind it. I mean, finding him two months after that, that you shot days. the deer 50. Is that what it is? 52, 52 days. days, man. I bet you it was the hardest 52 days of your life. Yeah. I couldn't sleep at night. Like he's still like, it's all I think about is like hoss, like this deer I killed. It's like, and he's not just a normal like buck. Like he's, he's to me he's perfect. He's like right. the basket rack that I've always dreamed. I've seen. I forgot which buck is that. That's real popular. He's like he's like two twenty or something. They call him Mister or something. But dude, he he reminded me a hoss, 
but without the the, the junk. But he's mm-hmm. wider. And t- but I love those basket racks. Like this is like my perfect dream month. Like I could never ask for anything. And it kind of is like, like what do I do now? Like that was one of my next buck, questions. Yeah, like <laughs> what kind of buck do I kill now? So I'm like, mm-hmm. so that like a hundred ten hundred twenty inch bucks. Like I. I get excited over does. I'll 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 get doe fever. Like, I get. I, I was watching, the, looking at some of my SD cards today. Looking at some of my uh, pictures, <laughs> I get excited when I'm seeing does on there. And I'm like, that's the same way when I hunt. Like, if there if, if a deer comes in and it's coming in close, I start shaking. It's it's mm-hmm. like I get excited, no matter what. That's very but, important, uh, and it, and it's truly awesome that you you're, you're still like that because when you. You know, I, I think that's like one of my biggest fears with shooting a 200 incher because like, do you just like hang it up or right. do you, it, I mean, I mean, you're, yeah, you're a man you in that. lose that anticipation, that pre-shot jitters, that buck fever, whatever you want to call it. If you shoot something big and something small doesn't give you that anymore. Right. It almost steals the fun from the hunt. Yeah. You know, because that adrenaline rush and then that adrenaline dump after the shot, I mean, that's that's a major point. That's what sucks a lot of people back into it. Oh, yeah. It's it's a feeling that you can't – it's hard to explain. Like, that's how excited I get. I just love whitetails, period. Like, it's just something about them. That's awesome. So did I? So did, did the guy end up having any sheds? Did anybody have come forth with anything of the, so, of the sort? So the guy's probably, you know, that was upset with me probably. So I wish I could get more pictures of him because mm-hmm. the guy supposedly has like 2000 pictures of Haas. Right. Right. So he supposedly had that, you know, 200 acre lease. Mm-hmm. My buddies told me that he kicked it. Once he got Haas on camera, he kicked his buddies off that lease because he wanted to kill Haas. Like he hunted it and hunted him and like, See, that's the difference in people, right? Yeah. So you're saying that this man was hunting this deer, kicked his friends off the thing. And throughout your whole entire story, as you told your story, you've brought a friend, a cousin on the same exact property that you had been hunting, knowing that that giant buck was running around. That's the difference in whitetail hunting where it's supposed to be. That that deer didn't change you as a person any way, shape, or form when it had come to competition with anybody else around you. Yes. And that's that's what a lot of people says is, you know, karma is for real. Like karma's real. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And and I didn't know if Hoss was dead or not. Like my buddy, he comes out there. I just told my buddy yesterday, I'm like, he's got family that's big hunters and they ain't got a spot to go. I'm like, so dude, these people want the so I text the lady, the property, the homeowner, yesterday mm-hmm. Friday. I'm like, hey, I'm going to be out Sunday, set up some deer, blah, 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 my buddy Stan. And she's like, okay, good. We need less deer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I love texting her. I love those. Good love problem to have. Oh, yeah. that's incredible, man. So, so I even told my buddy, I'm like, dude, you can, you know, just let me know. You can bring your friends out. They can hunt, you know, a couple afternoons with it. I, I don't mind. And even when he came out, I was like, if you see Hoss, shoot him. I, I don't care. I, I want him dead. I don't care. I just want to know. I want to hold him. You know what I mean? I want to see him. I don't care. I, if someone that, that I know shoots him, I, I'm as happy as if, if I shot him almost. But it's like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's insane. It's just, so cool that, that you're, you're in that mindset, man. There's very, 
I, I think that there's more people than we think that are like that. You know, me, Steven, we're both like that. A lot of the people that we're friends with are like that. Like, we don't care, man. Like, it, and it's so good to hear, and, and especially over a deer of that caliber. Like, yeah. you know, like to, to know that, that you still have that in you, that it doesn't matter who shoots that deer. No. Like, it's, I don't know, man. It's something about it. And that's something about that camaraderie and that, I, I that brother. Any of my friends that was sharing a lease kicked me off because there was a deer there that they wanted and wouldn't let anyone else hunt. They wouldn't be a very good friend for very much longer. That's, no. that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't know. That's, that's what, just what I was told is what happened. I'm like, dang. I'm like, it's, it's not surprising. No, no, that, that, that's exactly why I'm like, no, I'm not letting you guys come to see where this, where I shot him because so supposedly he got, the first full moon, all summer long, velvet. He got some awesome pictures. Most of those pictures are from that other guy that that I just, you know, I used them. Right. I'm like, so first full moon all summer up through uh, up to fall. He says he had thousands of pictures of him. First full moon, he disappeared. So what everybody's thinking is is up by the neighborhoods, you know, where the house is, is that's where all the does, that's all the pictures I've been getting all summer is, is does like small bucks. But I'm hoping the next couple of weeks, the big ones start moving in. I'm hoping to get granddad. He's, he's a hoss, man. He's a hoss. Like he's a big boy. But, uh, so that's, that's what I'm thinking is, is those bigger bucks come in and start moving in on them does that are up in the, you know, that feeding bird feeders and, at these houses and stuff where nobody hunts, but I just got lucky. And that lady's just, they hate to do, they, they've literally got two electrical fences around their whole property. Jeez. Just to keep the deer out. Just to keep the deer out. And so you're thinking that hoss had moved over to your property right at that time after that full moon to kind of go in there and start checking does. They start to, some of them bucks start to push them up against like a wall. They call it like a wall or structure to right. kind of corral those deer into one area and so on and so forth. So you think that's what happened with Hoss was kind of moving them in and kind of yeah. checking them, checking them does. And yeah, just cause the does were up, you know, that's, there's so many does up there and that's where them does mm-hmm. hang out. And uh, see, I've never hunted hard early season. Like mm-hmm. I usually go in late or early you know during the rut november mm-hmm. but uh i did a little you know did a little research youtube and listened to you know bow hunter die you know these guys you know early early seasons buttons you know are on their feet in daylight mm-hmm. and, and that proves it he, he was eight thirty in the morning he, he's you know trailing that six pointer and i'm like <laughs> I just, he was he was probably driving that six pointer out, like I said, just trying to like, where are you going? Why are you why are you near my does? What do you got going on? Could have been. That's what a uh, couple people's you know mentioned to me. Like, was he like was he like right you know pushing them out? I was like, no, they just walked in gradually. Like mm-hmm. it was weird. It's like I, to me, he was letting that six pointer go ahead to make to like see what would happen. Cause he's smart, you know, right. that's, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He might've been, you know, pushing them, but they were just walking just gradually. Mm-hmm. And they knew something was up. They, they knew something was up. They, the way they were walking in, said, but you're uh, a sacrificial buck. You go first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's exactly. That's it. Exactly. Man. 
Well, I, but, I honestly, from the bottom of my heart, man, congratulations on such an incredible uh, deer. The story is is next to none, man. I, yeah. I can't believe I and I couldn't. I, I mean, the stress level that you've probably been through to try and find him in, in that amount of time. I mean, it's I couldn't imagine what you went went through, man. We, we even went shed hunting me and my buddy. And, uh, you know, after like hopefully, you know, finding some early sheds and find hoss. And like we we walked and walked and walked miles and miles, and then uh, just see something. Everything I, I believe everything's meant to be. Mm-hmm. I wasn't meant to kill that deer, you know. Find him. I was meant to find him fifty two days later. I believe that. So right. I'm just I'm just glad I am. <laughs> but yeah, I still don't believe it. Like, I, I'm I'm not no special hunter. I'm I'm probably the, the least special like hunter that you i don't hunt when like I, I don't get into all that technical i just find a good spot that looks good and i get up in a tree and you just, just enjoy the fortunate yeah 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 i've been in and enjoy Pub- it, public land a few years ago uh i missed a big one i didn't have a range finder i didn't even have a range finder like three years ago you just enjoy the sport man yeah and i'm like i take the crossbow and another thing is i got a brand new matthews i bought four years ago a no cam I spent like 1200 bucks on it loaded, you know, top of the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I got my crossbow with hotel points from traveling for work. I'm like, I'm going to try this crossbow stuff out, dude. I couldn't set it down just because it's so fun to shoot and it's accurate. And just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. And, and the year before I had spined, so I spined that buck with my bow it might have been three or four years ago but i spined a buck with my compound and that bothered me i'm like i don't have a lot of time to practice and like to be a good archer you got to practice put in your time and make good shots and i'm like i ain't got that time crossbow scope dial it in you're done i'm like this is perfect for me i even get that on online up a lot of guys will say that deer don't count you killed it with the crossbow blah 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 but but I I'm trying. Imagine. Yeah. Oh, dude, they're they're eating me up. But I'm hanging the crossbow up this year, and I'm I'm going with Matthew. So I'm gonna. Try, I'm like, I know I'm not gonna kill something like that, but I'm like, I'm trying know. to concentrate more more on the compound. But you know, I and, and you brought up a very valid point. And one thing I think about because like a lot of different states, they're bringing in the crossbow hunting, right? So like we've got it here to Connecticut, and a lot of it was with you know people that were injured or older or whatever. They use it for youth and stuff. But you just made a valid point where I think that um, it's really good is is with people who don't have a lot of time. The working man. Yep. That's that's my excuse. Yeah, and that's a great excuse. I think it's a great use of a crossbow. If somebody, yeah. if in you knowing that, like some people, they'll go and they'll pick up their bow the week before. They should be yeah. picking up a crossbow and go out yeah. in the woods. I mean, if, it's, it's you don't have to practice as much. If if you can't put the arrow where you want it with a compound, you shouldn't be in the woods. That's my thought. Like if you can't hit your target and you're not good enough with the compound, you shouldn't be in the woods. You should you shouldn't be out spying and wounding deer. Right. You should be making ethical good shots, and I can do that with the crossbow. Right. So this year I've been trying to get as much in as I can with the compound and I'm nervous, but it's like, I'm doing pretty good. I've been doing more time, but you got to put your time in. It's like, that's, 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 I learned that too over the last few years, but. Absolutely. Well, Billy, I got one last question for you, man. And that's, that is what drives you outdoors? 
What drives me outdoors? Probably God's country. I like being in nature, man. Just being by myself out in the woods and listening to the squirrels and God's country. So true. And you can definitely tell tell out of you, man. It's You definitely enjoy just the art of going out there and enjoying hunting. Oh, yeah. For sure. Well, Absolutely. I'll leave this completely up to you. Do you want to tell people where they can find you if they want to see all the pictures and all of that, or do you want to keep it quiet? <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah. 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 Oh, anybody contact me anytime. All right. Where can so, they find you? Uh, Facebook. I'm on Facebook. TikTok's got me banned right now because I posted a video. <laughs> I had a little bitty blood trail on it. Oh, buddy. Yeah. But, but it's still on there. Trail. It's still on there, right? And then you have a YouTube page also? I do have a YouTube page. See, I don't even get into that much. I I, I posted a, a cup, you know, that video on mm-hmm. on YouTube. Like right now, I think it's at, I don't even know, like it's at almost 4.9K views. But that, yeah, I made that video on my iPhone in like 20 minutes. Like what's What's the name of your channel so that guys can go and check Ooh. that thing out? So, see, this is how illiterate I am with this. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So I got 25 subscribers. I don't would it be my name, Billy Johnson? Yeah, yeah, guess yeah. So. yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Yep. So you guys can head over there if you want to see the videos and kind of catch up on what he's been telling us about but yeah uh, so the, the the small video that i did it's it's deer hunting and then it's hoss and print these 204 inch indiana triple drop tie and that's another thing that we're like is it a triple or because a lot of people don't see that main beam i even put it on social media they're like some would say yeah it's a triple or someone that say that's a main beam but his main beams come up and he has a drop on the front so we call him a triple drop but Gotcha. Good point. And another thing is that we didn't mention is I had him aged through deer age, and he was six and a half years old. Gotcha. Proof that the old ones get yeah. big. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, Billy, we appreciate you jumping on and sharing your story. It's definitely been uh, very enlightening and, and a little different from the typical situation when you see deer like this. So we oh, yeah. appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, no, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me anytime guys check them out it's a cool story it's a beautiful deer and we just want to thank you guys for taking the ride right here on the outdoor drive